in conversation with IPR and Competition Law Podcast. We host competition lawyers, professionals, academicians, and intellectual rights, intellectual property rights lawyers, professionals, advocates. And today we have with us Mr. Juan from uh, Colombia, Latin America, and we will be discussing antitrust law and practice in Latin America. Welcome, sir. Hi, Aditya. Nice to be with you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, actually, let me start by congratulating you and your colleague for this uh, podcast. I believe that it's very important that we hear voices that uh, are, are not the usual voices, not just, uh, let's say, Europe and, or the US, but uh, I checked your podcast and saw that you have people from Africa, from Asia. Um, that's, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you so much, sir. And it couldn't have been possible without the support and insights that we get from seasoned professionals like you. Thank you so much. Introducing Mr. Juan to the audience. Uh, Mr. Juan is an associate professor at University of Rosary, uh, Colombia, Bogota, Colombia. He teaches public policy courses at the Faculty of International, Political and Urban Studies. His research interests include antitrust, economic regulation and governance of natural resources. He received a PhD in public policy from University of Oxford and he obtained a Master of Law in Economics that is LLM jointly awarded by University of Bologna and the Erasmus University of Rotterdam. He also holds a Master of Public Policy in Latin America at the University of Oxford. Mr. Juan is a lawyer from our Universidad Javarina. I, I don't think I'll be pronouncing it correct, but he's a lawyer, he's an antitrust lawyer. He has more than 15 years of experience as a consultant in legal and public policy matters, advised governments of Latin America and Caribbean and civil society organizations, trade associations and companies. And he was an advisor to the Minister of Justice and Director of Formal Justice of the Ministry of Justice of Colombia. He is the director of Latin America chapter of Escola. Escola is a very prestigious organization, association of uh, competition law professionals. That's nice to hear, sir, about your and uh, about you. I'm also inspired by your work. Thank you so much again. Uh, let us start with the discussion, with the conversation. Great. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Thank you. So please enlighten us about the origin of antitrust laws in Latin America for the major jurisdictions. What are the important provisions of law, maybe regarding anti-competitive agreements, abuse of dominance, merger control? Please. Yes, Aditya. Well, antitrust law in Latin America dates back to 1923. That's the first competition law that was issued in Argentina. Uh, other countries such as Mexico follow uh, afterwards in 1927, Colombia and Chile 1959 and so on until present days there are 23 countries with national competition laws uh, in all over Latin America and the Caribbean. Uh, so you can imagine that there's a, a great variety of competition law regimes. I guess that my first message would be uh, it's, it's very difficult to speak about one antitrust law and practice in Latin America because there's so much variety. Uh, there's great gaps in, let's say, enforcement capacity. Uh, the Brazilian competition agency, just to give you an example, the CAGI, uh, in the last 20 years, they have prosecuted and penalized almost 200 cartels. While 
uh, uh, smaller jurisdictions, let's say Dominican Republic, uh, have only been able to uh, penalize one cartel, and this was very recently. Um, so there, there's uh, great uh, differences among the jurisdictions. There are leading re- jurisdictions in terms of uh, the number of cases. I guess that's the case of Brazil, Colombia, Chile, Argentina, uh, Peru. Um, and then there are other countries that are following and building up their, their capacity. So that's uh, just to put it in short, uh, the, the story of uh, the origins and uh, uh, how competition law looks nowadays in Latin America. Thank you. Thank you so for sharing. Uh, do you think that, the yes, uh, obviously the pandemic, since it's still going on, unfortunately, it has its impact, its negative effect on every sector, every law and uh, every part of our life. What is the impact of the pandemic on competition law in Latin America? Also on the enforcement side or merger control side, what do you think? Yes, well, we uh, at the Latin Latin American chapter of ASCOLA actually published a book about it. We uh, have uh, a book called uh, COVID-19 and competition law in Latin America. It, It can be found in the internet. It's written in Spanish. Uh, but it collects uh, the views of uh, practitioners, academics, and um, representatives from competition agencies who reflect on what has happened uh, during these COVID-19 times. And um, it was written early on. It was uh, published uh, around a year ago. And, well, I guess I, I have, let's say, two or three ideas about the impact. I mean, the first impact was how competition agencies worked because uh, conducting, let's say, done rates during the pandemic, well, it became more difficult for obvious uh, sanitary reasons. Um, and uh, some agencies were more able to uh, adapt and even conduct uh, digital done rates. So for example, uh, Colombia uh, has had a very strong digital forensics units in its competition agency. So they actually were acquainted to conducting uh, digital done rates and other countries uh, were less capable of. Uh, Some countries in in Central America in particular, they had a hard time coming back to work uh, because they were not prepared uh, with the technology for working uh, from uh, remote areas. um, And and, and, well, that, that was a first impact. Um, another impact was that there was a lot of discussions about whether this, there should be uh, exceptions for certain agreements that would, uh, let's say, help uh, to uh, coordinate competitors uh, to provide enough supply of certain goods that were necessary to combat the COVID-19 crisis, uh, let's say face masks, face masks, for example. And, uh, well, the thing is that several countries of Latin America did not have uh, uh, exceptions uh, enshrined in their laws. So the the laws did not uh, allow the competition agency to offer any sort of exception, uh, such as the one that, let's say, we find in Article 101.3 of the Treaty of Functioning of the European Union or um, well, um, many other countries that have explicit uh, exception clauses 
So a few of, of, of Latin American countries had that clauses, and there there was a discussion of whether the Congresses the, should enact uh, reforms. And um, well, uh, in the end, uh, it, it, it seems to be to me that it was more uh, more uh, let's say uh, a case of uh, identifying. The the the, uh, the agreements that would somehow contribute to efficiency objectives. So uh, even the countries that did not have these exception clauses uh, were able to to indicate to offer guidelines about how agreements among competitors are not always anti-competitive and even less if they have explicit uh, efficiency uh, gains. Um, So that was another uh, uh, of the another effect, and then the third effect, I would say that it's related with competition advocacy, because uh, governments enacted uh, specific regulations that aimed at tackling uh, these specific uh, bottlenecks uh, created by the COVID-19 crisis, uh, which uh, certainly allow um, firms to. Uh, let's say coordinating levels that could be suspicious in terms of antitrust law uh, and some regulations let's say uh, simply uh, create barriers of entry or make more difficult actually for companies to new companies to enter and these um, regulations were supposed to be temporary uh, so competition advocacy was very important all over Latin America for uh, the competition agencies to uh, uh, recommend governments whether to preserve, whether to maintain these uh, exceptional regulations uh, and or whether these regulations were simply not needed anymore and they were creating actually uh, risks. So uh, that I would say uh, we were expecting a, a huge, um, let's say, wave of mergers and consolidations And it, it doesn't seem to me that the agency has had, uh, or the agencies have, have had significantly more work than in the past. Uh, I've seen a few cases in which the agency does include in their market analysis considerations about how markets are operating during the COVID-19 crisis. But I haven't seen that uh, the agency really gets a, a huge uh, amount of work due to COVID-19 consolidations. Maybe this will happen later, maybe this wave will come later, but uh, it, it clearly was not as big as anticipated. Yes, sir. yes sir. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your insights on this uh, impact of you know, pandemic on competition and how the regulators reacted or say how the regulators uh, acted in this uh, extraordinary times that we are living in uh, over the past two decades uh, most latin american countries have adopted leniency programs in the battle against cartels and the leniency proceedings have become regulators key mechanism for detecting and halting anti-competitive practices uh, what do you think on this Well, in Latin America, around 10 countries have leniency programs, uh, but I wouldn't say that more than a handful of them are, are really working. 
and uh, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that there's more than six uh, countries that actually have brought cases uh, thanks to leniency applications. Uh, perhaps the most successful cases would be Brazil, Mexico, uh, Chile, uh, even even Colombia. Uh, but then uh, other countries that have uh, created their leniency programs have not able to bring many cases. And I think that the the, the, the programs that are probably not working very well uh, have two main challenges. Uh, the first main challenge is that the leniency doesn't work if you don't have a competition agency with teeth, a competition agency that on its own, through down rates, uh, uh, perhaps through the interception of communications uh, with the, the judicial authorization, can actually uh, prosecute effectively without leniency. So if there's no threat of being uh, actually prosecuted, then well, there's, it is less likely that firms will uh, apply to leniency. So that's one problem. Uh, the, the agency have to strengthen their, uh, their tools. Uh, and, and the th second thing is that there's also issues regarding uh, confidentiality of the information. There was a very big case that happened to affect several Andean countries. Uh, it was the uh, paper tissue cartel case, which started in Colombia with a um, leniency application. And the, the companies that uh, applied in Colombia also did it later on in Chile, in Peru, and in Ecuador. And uh, in Colombia, in Ecuador, the cases ended up with uh, penalizations, and those companies that had applied for leniency re received total partial reduction of their fines. But in Ecuador, there was something a bit surprising because the Ecuadorian competition agency uh, uh, filed a case before a supranational competition agency, that it's the Andean Community Competition Agency. The Andean community, uh, community is um, um, an economic uh, bloc uh, that is um, composed basically by Colombia, Peru, uh, Chile. Uh, well, Chile is an associate, uh, Colombia, uh, Peru, Ecuador, um, and, and Bolivia. And what happened is that the at the supranational level, at the Andean level, there's no leniency rules. So the Ecuadorian competition agency sent the uh, the case to the Andean agency, uh, including all the evidence that had been submitted by a leniency applicant. So there was a huge discussion whether such evidence could could have been used. Uh, and, and let's say transferred from the national agency to the supranational agency. Um, and in the end, there was a, a huge risk because since there's no leniency program at the Andean level, that, that uh, would have uh, created a, a, a paradox. And it's that the companies that file the leniency at the national level would not be um, protected at the supranational level. And in the end, that's what happened because uh, the Andean agency ended up uh, penalizing all the companies uh, that participated in the cartel tissue car uh, cartel uh, the, um, and uh, the paper tissue cartel, I'm sorry. And, and, and then uh, later on, in the companies appealed before 
the Andean agency and the Andean agency said, well, look, uh, now we agree that uh, perhaps this the evidence that was filed through the national leniency program should have not been used at the Andean level. But anyhow, we already have proof from uh, our own search that you uh, infringed the law. So we uh, we will we will penalize, but we will simply reduce the, the, the penalty f- uh, to those companies that had applied for the national leniency program. Um, I think uh, that's still uh, a bit of a, a noise for leniency applications, uh, in, in, at least in the Andean countries. And uh, well, the story has not ended because the countries, uh, the, the, sorry, the companies that were fined appealed the decision before the uh, Andean tribunal, and the Andean tribunal just admitted the. Recently, so what happened with that story? Yes, yeah, so thank thank you for sharing your insights on this uh, this topic, this uh, question. Uh, we see that uh, recently, because of the pandemic, since everything is digital and uh, everything, or say it, it's hybrid now, even workplace is hybrid. We see that these lockdowns have like compelled us to move online. With COVID crisis has fueled, also fueled Latin America's e-commerce growth, and uh, uh, COVID economic aid programs also, which were instituted by governments, use electronic forms of disbursements nowadays. And uh, we also see an online digital financial system and facilitated digital purchasing. Uh, what uh, competition law issues do you? see in these sectors e-commerce financial sector and uh, how well, authorities are dealing with this well the competition agencies of latin america in the last five years they have in- increased their uh, market so even before the pandemic uh, competition such as the mexican one and the peruvian agency and perhaps agency looking at the digital markets uh, certainly because e-commerce has uh, well now uh, what what I would uh, summarize I'm 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 finishing a paper with a Chilean colleague called uh, Manuela Barca and we're writing about per, per exactly this about digital comp- uh, cases and um, what we found is that in the, the most common action undertaken by the Latin American competition agencies uh, is related with uh, their competition advocacy function uh, because several uh, parliaments, congresses and regulators are considering uh, regulation for e-commerce. Uh, let's say, uh, regulation that includes uh, labor issues, uh, consumer protection, data protection, and um, and, and the fact that uh, there's uh, ideas about how to regulate these markets uh, that operate side by side with the brick and, and mortar markets uh, creates um, situations in which regulations could significantly, significantly restrict competition. Um, so most of the competition agencies in Latin America have had to issue competition advocacy reports 
recommending whether to um, consider not uh, going through the regulatory uh, reform or at least considering amendments so that the uh, restrictions are not so strong in, in terms of uh, freedom of competition. Um, and well, that's that's uh, uh, very common, let's say, with the rate hailing uh, apps, the, let's say the Ubers, the Lyfts and so forth. There's uh, a lot of uh, ideas and discussions uh, all over Latin America about whether these uh, platforms should be regulated. Um, and then uh, there's uh, going through, let's say, merger cases. Uh, well, the use of, of data in the digital realm, um, of course, it's, it's also happening in Latin America. And very recently in Colombia, there was a very interesting case of uh, the biggest banks, let's say the three biggest banks that together hold the 60% of market share, and they compete in the financial services in Colombia, uh, wanted to create a new company uh, that um, uh, provided digital services related to the identification of customers um, for them. Uh, so it, was, it would be a, a vertical uh, merger. And the Competition Agency of Colombia authorized the merger with conditions and their conditions were very interesting because the remedies were uh, a mix of competition law and data protection law. So on, on one hand, the agency was worried that uh, the, these huge banks would create a new company that would have market power uh, because there's no companies that provide this kind of services in the digital um, uh, financial services. I'm referring to digital identification of customers. So they were basically creating a market, a new market, and therefore they would have the 100% of the market share. And and the, the agency was concerned about the fact that they would uh, uh, later on have the capacity of abusing of such market power. So the agency uh, requested these uh, banks to uh, enable interoperability for future competitors and uh, to uh, be open for, let's say, transferring personal data uh, from customers if a competitor arrived. Uh, but then that's the competition law bit. But then there's also the data protection bit. And it's that, well, this transfer of information uh, of, of personal data requires authorization by the users. Uh, because in Colombia, we have a data protection day, a law from um, the year 2012. Um, so there's this uh, conflict between the need of uh, interoperability and uh, the fact that newcomers can actually enter the market, but at the same time, we need to make sure that uh, personal data are protected. So, uh, as you can see, uh, it's it's in, in Latin America the discussion about competition law and digital markets is not just theoretical, but it's it's happening um, with the real cases in in several countries. With my colleague Manuela Barca, we have detected at least forty cases. Uh, in Latin America in the last four years, which uh, uh, have to, mostly are about competition advocacy, as I said in the beginning, but there's merger cases and there's uh, also cartel and um, abusive dominance cases. 
thank you sir for telling us about about the e-commerce the dig- digital markets also the data protection side the interface of data protection and competition law unfortunately in india we do not have a data protection act till now the bill is pending in parliament let's hope for the best but uh, asking you about the merger control regime in uh, latin america uh, during the pandemic also before the pandemic what are the future aspects that you see with respect to merger control merger reviews yeah well most uh, countries with competition laws also have a merger control uh, it's just a minority of countries that don't have merger control and 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 ex ante merger control actually and uh, the, a few countries have enacted uh, new merger controls that did not have this is the case of peru probably the the biggest jurisdiction in latin america that did not have merger control but now they have um and i mean it's it's probably not very different from what you see elsewhere most of the transactions are authorized by the agencies uh, around 1 to 2% of the uh, transactions are prohibited and something between 2 and 8% it depends on the jurisdictions uh, on the jurisdiction that you're assessing but between 2 and 8% of the transactions are conditioned and the remit remedies are both structural and and behavioral um i would say that it's 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 actually uh very important for not just uh very big jurisdictions where perhaps merger control or merger transactions better are, are quite frequent but also for jurisdictions that have issued a competition law in the last 10 years merger control is very important because it's a it's it's a let's say it's like a a sandbox for uh, officials who um need to learn how to analyze markets and how to understand how markets operate and and how a certain uh, in this case transactions of of companies can affect markets before perhaps they start um prosecuting cartels and abuse of dominant uh, position well they can learn how to do the work of the 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 antitrust analysis of markets um so I, i guess that that would be i mean i i i wrote a book about merger control in colombia uh and we have had merger control since 1959 so you can imagine that there's thousands of cases um and uh, i i think that it's uh, quite consolidated the practice the merger practice uh in in colombia as it is also the case of other countries such as uh brazil and and mexico and uh, i mean i guess i guess that i could say more but uh, uh, i let, let I, i know that we are already over half an hour of our conversation so uh maybe you have another question to fa- yes. finalize yes asking the concluding question so what do you think about the competition compliance programs why are they crucial in latin america's current yeah. regulatory environment yeah well in the last five years compliance programs have become more popular uh not just among companies but uh, competition agencies are also seeking ways to promote their implementation by companies uh very few competition agencies provide explicit benefits uh for companies that have had implemented the programs there's discussion about that of whether there should be for example a reduction of fines if the the, the 
investigated companies can prove that they had uh, a, a functioning compliance program, but uh, that, that is not certainly something that is uh, being uh, considered seriously by all agencies. Just a few of them are considering that. I think that agencies are uh, focusing rather on uh, publishing guidelines uh, that uh, explain to, let's say, comp uh, companies that want to hire external advisors or that want to implement internally their own compliance programs, so uh, how these compliance programs should be designed and implemented. So countries such as uh, Colombia and Peru and Chile have issued these guidelines of how uh, these uh, programs, uh, compliance programs, should be designed and implemented so that they are effective. And I, I feel that uh, they, they're clearly uh, a means to complement uh, the work of the agency, but of course not to uh, substitute the enforcement work of the agency. I guess that uh, it's, it's as, as many a colleague say it's, it's better to prevent and compliance programs can help if they are effective to prevent um, the breach of law and I think as, as, as in a summary that we will we'll see more of that in the, in the future. Thank you. Thank you sir for sharing your insights. It was a wonderful experience uh, in conversation with you on antitrust law and practice in Latin America. Thank you so much for uh, accepting our invite.